Hello, I'm Sven Erstring. Welcome to Let God Speak. When we think about education, we normally think of going to school, primary school, high school, TAFE and university. We think of classroom, whiteboards, timetables and assignments. However, there is another important place where education occurs, the church. Let's explore how significant the role of the church is in the learning process. On our panel today, we have Casey Butler. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. And we also have Mike Browning. It's good to have you back here with us. And glad you, you can join us as well. Before we start our discussion, let's pray. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to dive into your word. Lord, your word is there right beside us on our bedside table, on our bookshelf. And we just want to open it up and learn more about you. We want to grow into your likeness, Jesus. So fill us with your Holy Spirit. May we be able to dive deep into your love and your truth today is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The title of a recent article in the Harvard Business Review is fascinating. The surprising power of questions. The authors Alison Brooks and Leslie John say that questioning is a missed opportunity. Yet is it a powerful tool for unlocking value? Just over 80 years ago, Dale Carnegie wrote in his famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, be a good listener, ask questions, the other person will enjoy answering. Yet the Harvard Business Review article went on to say, most people still fail to heed Carnegie's wise advice. So Casey, what do you think? is the, the reason why encouraging people to ask questions is so important. Mm. Well, you know, one of my favorite aspects of questions is actually the way that it engages the interest of the mind. And when it does that, it increases your capacity to actually learn. And um, especially, you know, people, when you ask questions, they're able to learn in areas that maybe they haven't quite explored before. And um, yeah, so it increases learning ability. Mm. Yeah, and not only that, you know, you ask better questions, you get better answers. And if we ask the right questions of people, we're going to understand what they are thinking um, as opposed to um, just telling them what we're thinking. I th- and I think there's some real value in doing that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the other thing is that um, if people have, you know, concerns or doubts, if you give them the opportunity to express that, then it can just put it out in the open and then gives an opportunity for them to have that, you know, addressed and, and clarified in their minds and gives people more, more peace after that. So. So, so if there's so much value... In, in asking questions, I guess the, the question that comes to mind yeah. <laughs> is this. Why are we afraid of, of asking questions? What, what, what reason would that, there be for that? Well, I think it's fair to say that um, the older I get, the more confident I am in asking people questions. And, uh, and I'm not in quite such a big hurry to make my point of view the leading thing. And and we do learn more about people if we give them a chance to talk and Mm. asking questions is the way to do that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we can also be afraid of, you know, questioning the status quo um, because, 
you know, it can make people uncomfortable, that mm. it could be changed and that kind of thing. And it just, yeah, people can be a bit hesitant sometimes to do that. But it can be, it's, can be good to encourage because it can, you know, broaden perspectives and learn new mm. things as a result. So Sometimes people are cautious about asking questions because they're afraid of learning things they don't want to know. <laughs> and uh, that may be, you know, asking advice of somebody or something like that. But, but um, there's that hesitation there sometimes. Mm. Yeah. You know, there were two famous people in, in history who were well known for, for asking questions. Mm. And I guess um, when you think of this concept of, of asking questions, exploring more, mm. who comes to mind uh, when we think of this? Yeah, well, I mean, there's the, the Greek philosopher, the ancient Greek philosopher, um, Socrates. Um, his whole Socratic method was built around asking questions as a mm. means of learning. Mm. Yeah, and, and Jesus was very good at asking questions. And on one occasion, um, somebody, a learned person, came along and spoke to him and said, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Leading question. Good mm. question to ask. Um, but Jesus didn't respond with an answer to that. He asked him a question. Mm. Uh, I think he wanted him to do some thinking of his own. So he says, so what's written in the law, referring to the scriptures? What's, what do the scriptures say? Mm. And that was his response. He answered a question with a question. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then a little bit further in the dialogue, um, that prompted another question from um, the lawyer. He asks, who is my neighbour? And so there's just, you know, the, the question questions keep coming. Question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yes. and, and the amazing thing is that questioning process, if we could put it that way, led to one of the most famous stories mm. in the whole Bible. Mm. And, and it's the story of the, the Good Samaritan. So, yeah. Mike, I was just wondering, you know, just... Just to refresh our memories, could mm, you the summarise the story for us? The Good Samaritan, which is really, it is a fascinating story. Um, this Jewish man going down a lonely road between Jericho and Jerusalem. And I've been down that road and I can appreciate it being a difficult place in those days. Mm. Um, he was set upon by bandits, beat him up, left him half dead, took all his clothes and belongings and, and he was left there by side of the road. Along come people also on the same road. Um, a Levite, religious man, a priest, very religious man. Um, they look at him and think, I'll be next if I don't get out of here. And they were so pretty off, afraid, weren't they? They, they were afraid. Mm. So off they went. And then along comes a Samaritan, bearing in mind the Samaritans and the Jews don't see eye to eye about a lot of things. They mm. don't get along. Mm. He takes a look at him and think, oh, poor chap. So he stops and binds up his wounds and puts in some oil and stuff like that and takes him with him off to get help. Mm. And that's the and that is a, you know that's the story of the good Samaritan. Mm. That was, that's a beautiful story. Famous. Story. Yes, yeah. very very famous story. Mm. Let's let's come and actually look at this story to, together. Mm. It's found in Luke uh, chapter ten, and uh, we're going to look at the dialogue which follows this story. So it's Luke uh, chapter ten and uh, verses thirty six and uh, thirty seven. So this is right at the end of this this famous story that Mike summarized for us, uh, starting at verse 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. It's amazing. So I guess the thing is, what was the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach the lawyer who asked the, the original question? Well, he was, he was essentially saying that, um, you know, everyone is our neighbour. Um, doesn't matter what 
background, ethnicity we come from. Class. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All the, we have so many differences between us. Regardless of that, everyone is a single, as a, is a human being of value. Yes. And we should treat them as neighbours, yes. as people worthy of our care and consideration. Yes. And it's an interesting twist here because he actually asks another question, you'll notice, and turns the whole story around. The question at the beginning was... Um, who, who, who is, who is my, my neighbour? Who is my neighbour? Mm. And then Jesus um, responds to that with a final question of his own. Who do you think was the neighbour to him that fell among mm. thieves? Mm. He turns it right around yeah. and, uh, and puts it on the man to think about. So mm. suddenly the neighbour is the one who does the helping. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it's so true. Learning about how we treat each other is a really critical part of what education is all about. Yeah, that's so important, yeah. Casey. And you know, the reality is this, is that Loma Linda one of our flagship um, education institutions, there's a sculpture which depicts or, or um, sh demonstrates, shall I say, hmm. the, the story of the, the Good Samaritan. But, you know, in the midst of all of this incredible, you know, the story and the, the learning process, I guess the challenge is that we, we do live in a dark world. Mm. We do live in a dark world. And I guess my question today is just to explore that um, a little bit more. In what ways is the, the world shrouded in spiritual darkness today? Yeah. yeah. Um, the world is full of um, basically false beliefs. Mm. And from a theological point of view, as a pastor speaking here, yes. um, I can appreciate this. There's, there's a real danger in that um, because... Um, by definition, something that is false, a false teaching is actually a lie. It's darkness. Um, and and, it's, and that, resu that results in darkness. Yes, mm. it does indeed. Mm. Um, and of course, every lie originates from the father of lies, whom Jesus said was the devil himself, Lucifer. Mm. Um, and that's where they come from. Um, so, and lies always matter. Mm. Doesn't matter they whether the lie is large or small, it always matters. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like you mentioned about um, Satan and, and the devil's influence in the world, there is such a tremendous power in the, the spiritual um, darkness, so like spiritualism and that's effect in our society. Yes. People are, don't always realize the incredible impact that mm. evil spirits can have in our lives to bring darkness to our minds. Mm. I mean, they use false beliefs like Mike was talking about, but even just their presence, if we allow them access into our lives, it can have a terribly um, yeah, mm. bad effect. Mm. And you can see that in the media as well, you know, mm. with, with movies and things like that. Mm. I mean, it's, I guess, to be honest, one of the reasons why in, in many ways, I've kind of moved away a little bit from some of the media. There's so much spiritualism. There's that, a lot that, of uh, darkness there, yes. isn't there? A lot of dark side yes. type movies, yeah. Mm. yeah. And uh, more dangerous than people realise. Mm. And, and false beliefs I mean, um, have a tremendous impact on people's mental health. True. You know, the number of people who've gone over the edge because they believed in uh, hell, mm. which the Bible does not teach. Yes. Mm. But people believe there's a, a hell which burns for all time. Mm. Where sinners go on burning for all time. I mean, it's a horrendous thought. It drives people into and atheism. And it can drive people crazy, mm. literally. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the, the big question is this. Mm. What role does the church play in terms of, of addressing or, you know, in the midst of this darkness? Mm. Yeah, well, it's very interesting what um, Jesus tells us because he gives us an inspiring vision of what we can do to actually counteract the darkness in this world. Fantastic. And um, we find uh, what he had to say about this in Matthew chapter 5. 
and verse 14 um, through to 16, which I'll quickly read. Uh, Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says, Ye are the light of the world, talking about the church. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so Jesus is saying that with the knowledge that he's given us, the truth that he's given us, um, if we share that or even just the, our possession of it can be a real light in the world. Mm. And Casey, I just really want to dive into that mm. concept that, that we as individuals, but also as a church can be, can be light. What practical ways can we, can we do that? Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, we're a, a light in the sense that we reveal the character of God to people. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting. I mean, Jesus was the light. He was the source of light. And any light that believers have is a reflection of his light, of course. So it's mm. a connection with him that is what we really need. Yes. Um, but we, we're revealing his love, his kindness, his mercy to the world. That's mm. how we're to be a light in the darkness. Mm. Yeah, and one of the, the ways that we gain access to that light is through the scriptures, you know, that tells us all yeah. about Jesus and his life. It also tells us about the character of God. You know, there are so many distorted pictures that we can have in our minds about God's character, mm. but the Bible gives us a balanced perspective. And so as we use the Bible in education, um, in teaching, mm. you know, our fellow brothers and sisters, whatever, people, friends we know, as we use that, we are helping to provide them knowledge which will give, you know, understanding of God that's so much more clear and um, mm. leads them to love him. Fantastic. Yeah, this mm. is true. That's true. Um, we are, the way we live our lives is what demonstrates how much confidence we have in this book, of course. Mm. And if we really want to help people, we've got to reflect what's in here. Mm. And of course we can, by grace, do that. Mm. Um, and that's going to make a huge impact on people. We can reflect the love of God, mm. the mercy of God, his capacity for forgiveness. That's yes. a very important one. And that makes a huge impact on people. Mm. So yes, we can make a difference. Mm. And what I'm hearing here is the idea that we are actually following Jesus. We're following Jesus as disciples. And, and think about that. Being a disciple means that you are learning. You're learning to become more like Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful mm. thought? And so what, the question that we have before us is this, is what was Jesus' vision mm -hmm. for the way we live? So, so, you know, we can talk about some general concepts, but we actually want to go back to the Bible mm. to find out his vision. What was his vision mm. for our lives? Yeah, well, it's really interesting when you actually see his personal vision for when he was on earth, because that has, you know, can apply to us. We find that in Luke chapter 4. Um, and verse 18 and 19, this is when Jesus was in um, his hometown of Nazareth and he was um, actually in the synagogue and he was sharing um, from the book of Isaiah something that applied to himself. Luke um, 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is um, this was like Jesus' life motto for when he was ministering mm. on earth. Yeah. You know, this is an amazing vision. It's, mm. it's so attractive. So I guess my question is, what is the key to make this vision become reality? 
Well, to, to turn it from an idea, mm. concept, to actually mm. becoming real. Mm. Well, the, the motivator is the spirit of the Lord. That's what it says. The spirit mm. of the Lord is upon me. Um, there's tremendous power in the spirit, spirit of God. Spirit of God. Yeah, mm. to touch and move hearts. Mm. Yeah, and that was, the, that was the basis of Jesus' ministry. Yeah. Incredible. And it's really interesting. The focus of this ministry is very outward focused. Jesus is looking um, for, at people around him, those who are poor, those who are brokenhearted, those who are, you know, captives, whether that's physically or captive to habits or, you know, all sorts of mm. things like that. Um, blindness, spiritual blindness, physical blindness, all of these kind of things. Jesus was out there to to look at and help these people um, mm. bring healing, bring better knowledge of himself. You know, that's a beautiful thought. And, and what else, what are the ways in which we can bring this re, uh, vision into reality? Well, while this is a primarily a prophecy about Jesus' life and ministry, right? Mm-hmm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus is referring to himself. Mm-hmm. Then nonetheless, we, we may have the same experience in the sense that we are also f- can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and th- if we want to make a difference in the world. That is an essential. Yes. We want to make a spiritual difference yes. and to help people um, to know what Jesus is like, what God is like. If we want to be a light to the world, yes. here's the answer. Here's mm. the answer. You need the Holy Spirit. Yes. So my question is this. How does this vision relate to education? You know, the whole topic of our conversation is about education. Mm. And Jesus is in the synagogue. But how does it connect? How does it relate? Yeah, well, when you think about what the highest purpose of education is, really, it's to fit us for heaven and to help others achieve the same, right? Mm. So this um, process of ministry, evangelism, service, mission, as we engage in that, not only will it impact us to help our characters be more fit for heaven, it will be very much active in helping other people learn and become a part of that same process. So as an educational component, like it's critical in terms Mm. of the ultimate goal of what we're thinking about when we're talking about education Mm. and what that means in our lives. Yes. And education is also the search for truth. Mm. It's also the search for truth. So it's practical, but it's also searching for truth. So what does the Bible tell us about the process of searching for truth? Okay. When you... A search for truth is really searching for God, you know. Um, Very interesting that Jesus called himself the way, the truth and the life. He's the embodiment of all of those things. (laughs) And um, so we we are searching for him. And I love this promise. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. People who are Bible readers will be familiar with this very beautiful verse, which says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Mm. Now, this is a promise. If we seek him with our heart, you know, from earnestly, we will find him. So it won't be a fruitless search. It won't be no. this search which never ends. Right, mm. correct, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that reminds me of another promise actually found in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse um, 7. And it says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So this is echoing the same idea that as we seek for something, you know, God is going to you know, deliver. Mm. Um, but I guess the other element that comes out in there is persistence. You know, we you knock, you know, you usually knock a few times, not just mm-hmm. one knock. Yes. <laughs> um, and as we are really engaged in this search for truth, it will be richly rewarded. Yes. This is what this is saying to us. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, And to get back to the thought that I had a moment ago about the importance of the Holy Spirit Mm. um, in our in our lives, 
Um, this whole search for truth is led by the Spirit. We are led as we, as we look. Mm. Um, here in John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says um, Jesus is talking again. And he says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, that's interesting because we've been talking about seeking truth and so yes. on, the Spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Mm. And Jesus goes on to say, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine mm. and declare it, it to you. So mm. he is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one who will guide us. Into yes. Mm. So once again, we come right back to the fact that he is the foundation of our spiritual life. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then another thing, just like a chapter over, Jesus gives us another insight on the power of truth in our lives. In John 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And here, I really love this verse because this is showing us that as truth it becomes part of our lives, it actually changes us. It changes our characters. It changes who we are. Mm. And it shows you that what we believe is so important because of the impact it can have in us. Mm. You know, that's a fascinating point, Casey, because I know that there's entire denominations and even, you know, individual Christians mm. who use a saying that goes like this, in the essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, mm. in all things, charity. Uh, what do you make of that statement? It's actually a very nice, reasonable sounding statement, right? But it poses a question. We talked about asking the right question. <laughs> and the question is, who decides what is an essential and what is a non-essential? Mm. That is a very important question. Yes, and right away we're in the corner again, aren't we? Mm. Um, and we've got finally to go back to this book. Yes. God decides. And it's really interesting because you discover in here there are no non-essentials. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's the interesting thing. Um, remember Jesus made the statement in Luke 16, verse 10. I'm going to read it out just very quickly. He said, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Mm. Mm. And who is unjust, sorry. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So, yep, mm. the little things do matter. Mm. You know, it reminds me of the, the Protestant concepts of sola scriptura, but tota scriptura as well you know, taking the whole Bible mm. and not just the, the parts that we really kind of like. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just it, that comes to mind. But, but any other sort of point. ideas with regards to the, that statement? Yeah, well, it's the little tag on bit at the end where it says, in all things charity. I think that is really a lesson for us because um, even though we might have different beliefs with other people, it's still really important to, to, to treat them in a loving way even if there are differences. And I know that certainly there are a lot of people who have either left the church environment or not even entered it because they have not encountered that attitude. They've encountered an attitude of, you know, maybe judgmentalism or something like that, as opposed to the acceptance that Christ wants to um, show people. Yeah. Um, and so I think that point that does have some val validity. It does. Um, That's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the same token, what we believe, as we've already been saying at some length, is important mm. because of the, the fact that um, real problems can come if we mm. go the other way. And uh, you, you think about um, a popular teaching even among Christian people is theistic evolution. Mm. That is, God started the evolutionary process. Mm. But you think about the ramifications of that that makes God responsible for eons of mm. death and destruction yes. of life. 
yes. to get to the point where you get what you're looking for. Mm. Um, so wrong, wrong beliefs are still a bad thing, still, still really, really matter. Mm. Truth matters. Mm. And, and when we grasp truth, we can actually grow to become more like God. We can be sanctified. Mm. And that's what that's Jesus right. is saying. Well, we're talking about the truth about his character, yeah. we are. aren't we? What he is like. Yes. Mm. You know, you know, that's a very, very powerful thought that what you believe actually matters. Mm. And, and what it's saying is that the church has a unique and very special role to play in that education learning uh, process. You know, Jesus identifies that it's the, the word of God. Talking about that, that text you mentioned, it's mm. the word of God, uh, which is the tool that the Holy Spirit uses. So, so how do the scriptures play a central role in this education learning process? Mm. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, we've been talking a lot about questions and the value of questions. And pretty much everyone has some big questions in life. Um, I think all of us, no matter what our upbringing, have these questions, you know, where, why am I here? What's my purpose? Where did I come mm. from? Um, why is there suffering and mm. trouble in this world? You know, it's not fair. Mm. All of these big questions that weigh on people's minds are there. And when we turn to the scriptures, mm. we find many very meaningful answers to mm. these big questions of life. Mm. And um, that so is So I guess the, mm. that's the question is this, is that why is it important to turn to scriptures? I mean, those questions are, are something that all of us answer, or ask, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it important we go to the scriptures? Because they are leading questions mm. and there are plenty of people around with a viewpoint on this yeah. who, who will answer the question mm. and not necessarily give you the accurate answer. Again, this yes. is where we come back to this book mm. because here God is speaking to us plainly. The Creator, mm. the Almighty, is telling us what yes. is the truth on these matters. So it becomes very, very important indeed mm. um, because this will what we believe affects how we live and how we think yes. mm. and our quality of life. Yes. So according to the Bible, what are some other very practical and useful ways that we can learn? Yeah. Well, there's another way we can um, learn and that is actually from people themselves. Wow. Um, and if we have a look at First Thessalonians chapter two, sorry, yeah, chapter two, and verse um, verse eight, we find an interesting statement here, um, which says the following in First Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. Uh, so, being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not only the gospel of God but also our own souls because you were dear unto us. And this is Paul speaking to about the, the people in Thessalonica who he was you know, mm. ministering to. He didn't want to just share the gospel with them. He wanted to share a part of his own life, a part of his own you know, affections and hearts with them mm. because um, you know, that was going to be a way that they could learn. They could learn from him as someone of experience in the Christian life. Mm. Yeah. Yes, Casey, that's really important. Mm. Yes, and not only that, Jesus gave us a clear example of um, and guidance on how we can reflect Christ. In John 15, 5, he said, without me, you can do nothing. Mm. So Jesus is the focus again and the center of all we do. Mm. Mm. That is definitely the key. All true education is centered on Jesus because he is the source of life. He is also the way and the truth. That's why the church has such an important role to play in education. You may be able to learn amazing information at school or university, but life only comes from Jesus. 
We're glad you joined with us today on Let God Speak. If you enjoyed this program, you can watch past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also download teachers' resources there if you're leading your own Bible study group. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email. You know, we're so glad that you could join us. Remember, by abiding in Him, you can change the world. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.